his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams, thanks for everything, mom and dad, will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to Steel Talking. I'm your host, Gerilyn Steele. It is now 8.09 here at WCCO. We have a lot to talk about in this very quick interview for about 20 minutes. Um, joining me is lawyer or attorney Corey L. Gordon. Now, if you don't know him, I've never heard of him. He is with Norton Rose Fulbright Global Law Firm. They have 3,700 lawyers and located in one of their um, locations is in Minneapolis. And I'm really excited to have him join us tonight. And why? Because in June 2020, amid calls for a global racial reckoning in the shadow of George Floyd's murder, Minnesota took a small but symbolic step to address its long paradoxical history of racism, granting its first ever posthumous pardon to Max Mason, a black man wrongly convicted of rape and subsequently lynched a century earlier. It's quite amazing when you hear about this, right? So many of us don't really pay attention to partners necessarily or don't pay attention to what happens to the person who was wronged. Um, and so we talk about justice a lot, but what does justice really mean? Again, welcome attorney Corey L. Gordon. He is joining us tonight. Hello, Corey. I hope you don't mind me calling you by your first name. No, no please do. Please do. And I, I, thank, thank you, Gerald. It's nice to be on the, the show. It's great to have you. This is really real because I, I took a justice and reconciliation class. I'm getting a master's in a seminary. And I cannot tell you how surprising it was to find out all of the, def, you know, as many definitions as we could find of justice. And I, I keep saying to myself, what does that really mean? So can we start with the understanding of what justice really is? I think of it as equity or, or um, um, ju- uh, fairness. Yeah, exactly. Treating each person, you know, uh, the same, not not tilting the the scales of justice one way or the other. Uh, treating people who have who have committed a crime uh, with the, the rights that are due an accused, and you know, but uh, uh, irrespective of of their color, their um, their social standing, their their wealth or lack thereof, uh, that, you know, that's, that's a, a critical part of it. It is a critical part of it, for sure. Uh, my, my biggest question uh, today is that we keep hearing these words being used about justice and um, how we're trying to get to justice. And there are so many different types of justice, like you um, are, my understanding is you concentrate on restor- restorative justice. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, I, I'm actually I'm learning more about it too, and I'm, I'm, I'm frankly intrigued to, to to hear more from you about 
your uh, your coursework in this. Um, I mean, I've been a civil litigator for 42 years, um, and it's only uh, in in my, my my later years that I've really started thinking about what what it means to be a part of the the, the legal system and the justice system and learning more about about the concepts of restorative justice. Um, and I was I was fortunate enough to. It was it was in 2019 that uh, actually my wife and I were watching a documentary uh, in Minnesota history. And there was a segment on the the, the Duluth lynchings, three uh, African American men who were lynched by a by a mob the size it would considered about 20 percent of the Duluth population at the time. You know, gruesome lynching. Uh, well, not that there was anything but a gruesome lynching, but. Postcards were made of it, and, and and you know I'm I'm a lifelong Minnesotan. So was my wife, and neither of us had been aware of this, and that that in that in of itself was you know shocking and 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 frankly disgraceful that this is that this aspect of our history was something that you know neither of us had learned about uh, you know being educated in Minnesota schools, um, but uh, I mean it's not surprising that uh, that that kind of ugly history was, was kept quiet for a long time until a, a Duluth researcher, a Duluth uh, teacher uh, named John Fado, uh, dug up the historical records and, and, and wrote a, a, a wonderful book about one, well, wonderful, a powerful book about it. And you know, I, I, I consumed that. And when I realized that, my gosh, the, the 100th anniversary is coming up next year. I thought, what, you know, what, what can we do? Uh, what, what can I, as a lawyer, do what, and and the, the firm I was with uh, at the time, and, and had been for 16 years. I'm I'm, I'm very new to Norton as Fulbright. Um, my but my my then partner Jerry Blackwell uh, and uh, and I discussed this, and we came up with the idea of seeking a, a posthumous pardon uh, for the one man who had been convicted and, and served time. And it was it was clearly a you know a, a racially uh, biased prosecution and, and decision. Um, and uh, he, he, he spent four years of a, of a much lengthier sentence in, in uh, the Minnesota prison system. And they, they finally kicked him out. They pardoned him on the condition that he leave and never return to the state of Minnesota, which mm-hmm. is kind of an odd provision. But it was clear they, you know, Duluth wanted to, to put that chapter behind it. And it was kind of kind of lost in the midst of time until uh, the late 1970s. But, you know, when we when I started looking into this, I, I naively assumed that posthumous pardons would be something that, you know, there was a process for. turns out it had never been granted in Minnesota. Um, and in fact, until fairly recently, there had been virtually no posthumous pardons in the United States, uh, even though there was no clear prohibition against them and, and, and the provisions of, of, you know, the federal constitution and most state constitutions granted, you know, the, whatever authority, the president, the governor, or the pardons board, uh, authority to grant pardons without limitation. Um, so we embarked on a, on a process of, of coming up with a legal justification for why the, the Minnesota pardon board could, uh, um, Grant a posthumous pardon. Pardon board consists of the governor, the attorney general, and the chief justice, and we uh, we put this uh, put this petition together. We uh, were fortunate to work with the folks in up in Duluth who uh, serve on the Clayton Jackson McGee Memorial Committee, which uh, was a committee that was established 
a number of years ago uh, by the Luthians to to uh, commemorate, commemorate the, the three men who were actually lynched, Clayton, Jackson, mm-hmm. and McGee. And if you've had a chance to, to see the, the memorial in Duluth, it's, it's, it's at the intersection where the, the actual lynching took place, Kitty Corner, in fact, from, from where the actual lamp pole uh, that uh, the lynching occurred, occurred on. Um, it's a powerful, powerful memorial. Uh, and if you haven't been, at, been there, it's, it, I, I encourage it's worth a trip, a trip up to Duluth. Anyhow, long-winded way of saying we, we, uh, we you know, started, started the process, and it, it took you know, a number of months. And, and the, the final hearing on the, the petition uh, was June, 12, June 12th, um, just three days before the 100th anniversary. And um, uh, unfortunately, because of COVID, we weren't able to do some of the events that, that had been planned in connection with the 100th anniversary. But June 12, 2020, also happened to be uh, not just a few days uh, after uh, the murder of George Floyd. And the, uh, I, I hope that the spotlight that, that a little bit of media attention that the posthumous pardon got on it was, was you know, played some small role in reconciliation and, 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 and addressing or at least acknowledging the racial injustices that, that, that have occurred here in the state of Minnesota, you know, 100 years ago. And, of course, it just occurred a matter of days before that. So the time that you have spent in these posthumous pardons, uh, I'm wondering how has it changed you? Well, I, you know, learning about this that particular ugly chapter in Minnesota history, I got further into understanding what was going on both in Minnesota and and, and nationally in the in that period, the 1920s, um, and. So I, 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 you know, kind of really dug into it and, and learned a lot about what was going on in Minnesota, in particular. The, you know, I, there was a vibrant Ku Klux Klan uh, movement in Minnesota. They were having, you know, ramp rallies and family picnics, and, and they had chapters throughout the the state. And elected officials who were members of the Ku Klux Klan. Uh, Minnesota was a prominent uh, uh, state in, in in terms of of eugenics legislation, you know, forced mm-hmm. sterilization, which mm-hmm. at its core was a, it was a, a, a racist uh, concept or gussied up in, in, in science. Um, and Minnesota was one of the, the, the leading states in that, in that area. And we had some of the, you know, leading propon- proponents of, of eugenics. And of course, Minnesota was a hotbed of, of you know, we never had de jour actual law uh, jim crow laws but boy we sure we sure managed to got to get around it uh with, with redlining with um uh, restrictive covenants with uh, the way uh bus routes were were created the way freeways were uh placed to de, you know destroying the rondo neighborhood for example in, in st paul um in the 1920s and 1930s uh, an african-american couldn't be in it wasn't allowed to be in a a, a, a white dormitory in the University of Minnesota. It was, it, you know, there was no law on the books, but the University of Minnesota housing was segregated. Um, and it's learning about this chapter is, 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 is in our history is, has been terrifying. But learning about it as an academic inter- exercise is 
you know, it's, uh, there's value to that, obviously. But the, the real value is, is trying to draw an understanding of any of parallels to, to our own times. And, and I'll be I'll be candid. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm terrified right now that I'm seeing a whole lot of parallels. Um, the, you know, the, the, the resurgence of scientific racism. They're not calling it eugenics anymore, but you know, we, we've, we've certainly seen that that coming to the fore. But, you know, the fear of the other, the fear of the outsider, the immigrant. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in the 1920s, the, the power in society was white Protestant males, right? And they were that was being threatened by uh, an influx of, of uh, immigrants, Catholics and Jews. It was being threatened by by women, suffrage. It was threatened by. The, you know, the great migration, African-Americans, uh, descendants of enslaved people moving, moving to the north. And it was all, rea- you know, there were, it was a reaction to the threat to the power structure. Sound familiar? Make America yeah. great again? <laughs> yeah. Well, let me, let me ask you this. In, you talk about how these pardons remain rare uh, without historical precedent or clear legal authority, boards, grapple with their power to grant them even. So how far have we really come since? It's, oh, it's getting better. It's, it's getting a lot better. In, in, in recent years, Minnesota's joined a number of other states uh, and, and the, the federal government. Fed, uh, president Clinton was the first president to grant a, a U.S. pardon, and uh, it was to a, um, a former African-American soldier, in fact, the first African-American graduate of West Point, uh, Lieutenant Flipper, uh, who had been convicted of you know, conduct on becoming a soldier or some some such thing? There was you know it was pure racism uh, at, at the time, and and uh, um, a group of people convinced uh, President Clinton that the, yeah there actually was the federal power to to grant a posthumous pardon, and he did so with a you know a, a powerful uh, statement about what society can learn from that. And a number of other states have done as well. In, in Alabama, they, they actually they enacted a law, and it's called the Scottsboro Boys Law, um, which was a legislative effort to grant a posthumous pardon to the you know wrongfully convicted uh, Scottsboro Boys. Um, mm-hmm. you know, horrible, horrible racist incident. Right. Um, the governor of Maryland, not that long ago uh, granted a sort of a mass pardon uh, to several dozen uh, African-American men who had been convicted over the, you know, over the years of a variety of, of uh, trumped up charges and uh, false crimes. Now, a, a pardon obviously doesn't do anything for somebody who's been lynched. You know? Exactly, exactly. But it says that it occasionally benefits relatives. So is that true? And if so, are you hearing more from families as more pardons are happening posthumously? Well, no, I don't. I, so far, I don't. I, I don't know that. I mean, I, I haven't. But that doesn't mean that that's that, that that's not uh, becoming uh, a tool in the in, in the toolbox for people who are, um, you know, de- dedicated full time to restorative justice. If if you know, as a result of somebody's conviction, uh, they lost certain rights, perhaps certain property rights, or uh, um, things like that, and uh, you know, and they they have living relatives who would have otherwise benefited from it. The you know, a posthumous pardon could theoretically restore whatever you know, property rights or other things were lost. But more more importantly, I think if you know if you if you lived with the stigma of having somebody in your family 
uh, having had a conviction for something that, that they weren't guilty of, uh, a posthumous pardon can, I think, can probably be a, a, an emotional uh, relief or a lifting of a, of a burden. Um, and from a societal standpoint, I think that's really what a pardon is all about. It's, it's, but, Corey, here's the thing that concerns me, right? Um, we can put these posthumous paroles out, and my concern is that no one will care. Because it doesn't, I really am concerned about that. So then where do we make sure, how do we make sure that it matters? Well, you're you're absolutely right. If if that's all that happens is, you know, a a governor signs a piece of paper and there's a a press release and, okay, Mm so-and-so is posthumously pardoned. It doesn't, it's meaningless. And um, the, the, the hope is that, um, it, it's, it becomes one component of of, the, of a much broader concept of restorative justice, you know, truth and reconciliation, addressing our history and and and, and understanding it and reconciling it. The the, the federal judiciary in uh, uh, Minnesota, which my I'm happy to say my former partner Jerry Blackwell is now going to become a part of, uh, it has uh, was was heavily involved and, and incredibly supportive of this of this whole project, the the Max Mason pardon. As, as well as other things related to the to the commemoration or the the, the, the honoring of the, the lynched uh, three men who were lynched. Well, um, I am so the, sorry the, that we are we have run out of time. I'm so sorry about that, Corey. But I do want to mention that um, I wonder if George Floyd himself could have a posthumous pardon. Well, there's a, there's there's an effort underway. There was an effort, and 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 I'm hoping it's going to be revived again. Originally, the pardon board in Texas had uh, recommended a posthumous pardon. And then for reasons that are still unclear to me, they, res- they, they rescinded that um, just fairly recently. And I'm, I'm actually trying to run that to ground and, and well, I do hope to have you on again to, to talk more about this. I'm so grateful that I had a chance to meet you across the airwaves. So thank you again, Corey, for joining us tonight. It's been my pleasure. Thank you. All right. That is Corey L. Gordon, attorney of Norton Rose Fulbright. And by the way, this conversation is about race. And so today's conversation on race is brought to you by YMCA of the North. YMCA is committed to discussions on racial equity and inclusion and being a leader in social responsibility. Also, Corey was brought to you by the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. We'll be back. It is now 831, and of course, talking about posthumous pardons is really something that kind of piqued my interest, and I hope it piqued yours as well. Read about as much as you can, especially uh, restorative justice and that sort of thing, because all of that ties in. I don't know how far to go with posthumous pardons, but I'm curious to know more. I've got a professor at Luther Seminary that I'm curious to call and say, tell me more. (laughs) All right, everyone, we're going to take a break and come back with our next guest, Brandon Bellin. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. 
Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. It is now 8.37 here at WCCO. Welcome back. You are listening to Steel Talking. I'm your host, Geraldine Steele. So thank you for sticking and staying with us. All right, recent stock market volatility may have you very nervous about opening your 401k statements, right? Mm-hmm. Are there things you should be doing to protect your money? <laughs> of course. <laughs> Just staying on top of it is, I mean, it's a lot of work. Well, here to help us understand is Brandon Bellin, Director of Retirement Solutions at Securian Financial, and he's joining us on the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline. How are you, Brandon? I'm wonderful. Thanks for having me on. Thank you for joining us. Okay, let's just jump right in. First of all, people are very nervous about their 401k. I remember working at a bank when 401s um, really became, you know, they were birthed during the time I was here. I think it was in either the late 70s or early 80s. Can you tell me when that started? Yes, it was in the early 80s. Okay, so in the early 80s, you know, people didn't quite know what to do with it. And we're back to that today. I really feel as though people that have had their 401ks for a while are so disturbed by what's happening that they don't even want to look at it, they don't want to deal with it, and they keep saying to themselves, why did I do this? What do you say? Well, I say your 401k is 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 the most important thing for most people in terms of preparing for that future of retirement. And, and it is really scary, right? If you think back to previous generations, a lot of our parents or our parents' parents had tr- traditional pensions, which are, are, are much less common today, where your ex-employer or, or their delegate would be paying you a steady paycheck um, in retirement for life. But now with the 401k being the main model, we're responsible for our own our own retirements uh, primarily. And so staying on top of it, even if it's scary, is, is really important. Are we educated well enough to know exactly what we are to do for a 401k? We can get advice from you or others, but do we really understand it as Americans? Americans have a a lot of trouble understanding it in general, and there are a lot of good resources out there. I don't think we have trouble understanding it when we seek out the information, but it is something that, that is sort of scary even to think about, and a lot of people won't won't want to take the time to do that. So the first step, just looking at it, there's a lot of good resources out there, especially if you're in a 401k plan, if you just go to the website, that provider of the 401k plan will often have lots of good information to help you. 
Yeah, when we first learned of 401ks, I remember so many people um, were trying to understand it. And I think many have found a way to at least feel comfortable with the ways that they are investing. Um, but the big question is, are they also making adjustments in their portfolio when they're afraid that their 401ks will be damaged severely? Absolutely. And oftentimes in, in times of high market volatility, either high or low, like we're experiencing now, some of, some of the worst decisions that we see people make are those emotional decisions when we're worried about it or, in the case of a high market, overly excited about what there, what there is. And so oftentimes the best thing to do, if you feel like you have a good long-term plan, and your 401k is a long-term investment, and so you don't want to overreact too much to the markets, but if you feel like you have that good plan, you may not need to make any changes in your investment allocation. It, it just depends. Mm. I, I know I had a hard time. I had to let it go when we first started this. And um, fluctuating is very difficult, right? You get scared. You want to make a change because yeah. so, you, know, you don't want to lose it all. So how do you get rid of that feeling of fluctuating? Because it's always going to fluctuate. Well, you know, one thing you could do is if it's just too painful to, to open that statement right now or the times mm -hmm. when it's down or, or look at the website – it's quite all right to just not look at it for a while, right? And not create that heartburn as long as you feel like you, you have a plan because at the end of the day, you want to kind of, you're going to weather a lot of ups and downs in the market through your long time saving for retirement. And so you want to stay the course as much as you can if you have that good plan. My son is a young investor. And I'm just curious because he and I have talked about you know, what he has learned so far. And when it comes to 401ks, just keeping up with them, you know, if you go from job to job to job, you may have three, four, five different 401k, uh, 401ks out there. How do you find out exactly where you are? How many of those do you have? Are you staying on top of it? How do we begin to make sure we know what we have? One of the, one of the best things you can do is to consolidate those accounts when you change employers. And it's, it's a, you know, something that you have to spend a little time doing, but it can be worth it because if you keep one account, let's say, or, or a few accounts compared to four or five, as you change jobs, it, it's a lot easier to keep track of it that way. Um, but when you're young, honestly, more so than the markets, what's really important is to make sure you're saving enough for retirement because time is on your side when you're, when you're younger. Mm. Okay, so we know that when we're younger, we have time at the same time. If you don't quite understand it all, you make mistakes. Have you made mistakes in your own understanding of how this works? And if so, how did you recover? How did you recover? Absolutely. I mean, I've been in this business for 21 years, and I've made those emotional decisions. It's, it's, it's just the way we're wired as humans is to make emotional decisions. And so one thing that can be really uh, helpful is if you don't have a financial professional, financial advisor, certified financial planner, it can be helpful to consult one um, to first create that plan and then help you stick to it and avoid those emotional decisions. So is 401k still guaranteed? I know some people go in and they take money out and that costs them a lot. So the guarantee of it all, you feel safe because you say, hey, 401k is the thing, man. You just stick with it and let it go, right? Um but some people are really worried, you know, are the laws going to change? Are they going to change how 401k works? And if so, who is who are the ones that can make the changes of how 401k operates? At the end of the day, Congress can make those changes. And they, and they have made some changes. And typically when they do, it's for the better because we are very concerned as, as a country 
um, with 401k being the primary model, that people are saving enough. And and the, the sad truth is a lot of people aren't quite saving enough. Um, and partly it's because you mentioned the understanding. We don't always know how much we need to save. And so you, you, it's helpful to crunch those numbers. We have a calculator at securing.com, for example, that can help you get started figuring out how much you need. But generally speaking, uh, you need to save about 10 to 15 percent of your salary for retirement. And most of us aren't quite saving that much. And and it will it will it can be harmful in, in the long run. Um, and so as, as Congress looks at this, they've got they passed uh, a bill called Secure 1.0 at the end of 2019. Um, and they're working on bipartisan legislation. It's one of the few things that uh, uh, the two sides of the aisle in Congress can agree on is trying to shore up Americans' retirements. And it's just making things a little bit easier and helping people make those right decisions. Well, as we know, in this country, we have so many seniors that are retiring, um, people that are that have had these 401ks for a long time. And now we're starting to see some people have some fears about that. They've been following it even when they had to open it and they thought, oh, it's going to be awful. Yet they stuck with it. And so now that they are about to retire, how do they maintain protection um, if they're not quite sure now of the new new rules or, okay, has, has it changed? If I retire tomorrow, what will that do to my 401k? Yeah, if you're, if you're nearing retirement or you're in retirement, going back to what I said a minute ago, a financial professional is, is one of the best things you can do because these are complex things. Saving for retirement, you mentioned, can be a little bit challenging to understand. But when you're in retirement, trying to take that big balance, which is, is often the biggest pot of money we've seen in our individual lives and figuring out how to make that last across a retirement that can often be 30, even 40 years is not uncommon, um, is a challenging puzzle. And so having some help with that um, is key. Um, otherwise, looking at your portfolio, you know, as, as, as you're nearing or in retirement, make sure you're diversified. Um, there is no guarantee against loss in 401ks, but by diversified meaning spreading your money out over several different types of investments can help smooth out a little bit and avoid those extreme highs and lows that you might otherwise get um, as you're, uh, if you're too concentrated in one type of investment. You know, Brandon, I'm very sure that you don't have all the power to, to say this volatility will only last for, what, six months or six years. You, you know, there's no way you can tell us that. But at the same time, you know what you're seeing. You know what you're looking at. And so when your clients come to you and say, okay, I'm hearing about volatility in different states and different countries, uh, what would you advise people to do? I would go back to the long-term thinking that you need to have when you're talking about your retirement, because whether it be right now the, the war in Ukraine, inflation, interest rates, all kinds of things have an effect on the market. And you know, a year from now, two years from now, 10 years from now, there's going to be other things that impact the market. And so expecting the ups and downs and being able to ride through them um, is, is really the mindset that you need to have. Yeah, keep your eyes on the long-term plan. Uh, it's not an easy thing to do when you're nervous. <laughs> 
<laughs> right? Not because at all. so much has changed. It's not easy at all. All right. If there was one thing that you would want people to really understand about the 401k, how it works, uh, why it works, especially in a volatile um, time that we are, are in right now with the prices just skyrocketing, um, that does that mean that your numbers are going to get better or are you making the right decisions with your 401ks? Do you need to change it? Those are the kind of questions I'm hearing inside my own self. You know, where do you begin? Where do you start um, to make sure that you understand it and that you're doing the right thing? Or is there such thing as a right way to do this? There is no one right way. But if you're asking the number one thing I would tell people is take advantage of what's really a valuable benefit. Uh, that our government created for us and that most employers are, are offering, um, at least larger employers, and have that tax advantage savings. Um, make sure you're putting money in there because, you know, it's hard, right? We've got bills. We've got inflation. There are things to take care of and worries we have today. But all too often we forget about our future self, right, and needing to prepare for that. And it takes time to prepare for that. So not forgetting about that um, and making sure you're putting some money away in there to help protect your future is, is the most important thing. My final question for you, Brandon, um, I'm always asking about cryptocurrency and how it affects or infects our, our current currency. And I'm just curious to know, the 401k, that has nothing to do with cryptocurrency, of course, but does it affect it in any way? Cryptocurrency can affect the 401k um, in terms of there is a debate going on now in terms of should cryptocurrency be allowed as an investment option in the 401k. Uh, the Department of Labor has expressed serious concerns with that, right? Because when you think about your 401k, um, it's not the best vehicle to be taking extreme risk with, right? Um, and cryptocurrency is, is new, and we've seen the extreme volatility in it. Um, but there are some that are interested in, could we let people put 5% of their money in it or things like that? Um, I would say that it's 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 too early to tell how cryptocurrency will affect the 401k, um, but it is something to be um, wary of at the least. Well, it has been a pleasure talking with you, Brandon. Brandon Bella, Director, Bellin, Director of Retirement Solutions at Securian Financial, joins us tonight talking about the 401k. It's still working, but people are really, really nervous. I know some of them. So we thank you for joining us tonight. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And, of course, he joins us on the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline. We're going to take a break, and we'll be back in a moment. Selling a little... Or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there 
to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. It is now 855 here at WCCO. And Jonathan, when we talk about money and 401ks, you know, some people get really freaked out about it because they just don't quite understand the volatility. They don't know if they should trust it. Should they pull it out? Should they make a change? All of that. And and do you have a 401k? I know most Americans do. Yeah, I've got I've got two of them, both for this this job, which is my part time and then for my full time job. I have 401ks at both locations. Right. So do you stay on top of it or do you have a manager? I remember when managers came, became a big thing. Uh, when it first came out in early um, 80s, I, I sat among some of those managers and asked them so many questions. And I kept asking, going, so how are we supposed to keep up with all of this? And blah, blah, blah. But were you ever concerned when you first started with the 401k? I guess I wasn't. I, I grew up in a time where, not grew up, I came into the workforce at a time where 401ks were basically it. You didn't have pension plans anymore, and I know if I would have gotten into government work when I did, I probably still would have had a pension plan if I had vested enough time. But for the most part, the businesses that I was in Mm -hmm. dealt with and dealt in 401ks. And so I guess I haven't really – I should be more on top of it. That's certain. But I haven't been – as concerned because that's been the way it's gone. It there isn't anything else for the most part. It's it's basically turned to this. Yeah, I remember when companies had to choose managers who would, you know, kind of rule over the roost of those that have four hundred one k's. Whether it was a bank where you were working or a corporation, whatever it is, you know, there were these managers that would step in. And I don't even know now. He's saying that people really have to look after their own money. They have to figure it out and. <laughs> It is not an easy thing to do. So, um, yeah, we all have to just learn more. 
keep our eyes open because I know sometimes you just don't want to deal with it. Thank you so much for sticking and staying with us. Coming up next is Center Stage, all things arts and entertainment. We just know you ought to know about it. (laughs) And many of you do. So thanks for sticking with us. We'll be back. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas... Phoenix, and Rhode Island. Jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.